What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Finn Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, what a weekend it was for the Sabres, as now they are firmly back in the playoff conversation here after a pair of wins this weekend against the New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers, respectively. The Sabres now just sit four points back of the second place wild card Florida Panthers with two games in hand on the Panthers. They are only three points back now of Pittsburgh with a game in hand on them. So with now we have seven games to go. The Sabres are firmly in this. We said a couple of weeks ago that after their two wins and 11 game stretch that it was pretty much a, a no-go for the playoffs here. They now have completely entered in back into the conversation in part due to these wins, but also in part because it just feels like nobody wants these last two spots here. So the big news of the weekend though, Devin Levi making his NHL debut against the New York Rangers, one of the NHL's best on Friday night. And boy, oh boy, did Levi show out. He was extremely impressive in his debut, picking up an overtime victory. And we, we got to see all of the things that make Levi the special prospect that he is. He showed an incredible ability to read plays, and you can really see that his hockey smarts are so high end. His athleticism is off the charts, but I will say that reeling that in and working on some of that body control as compared to the puck movement that he's now seeing at the NHL level is definitely an area where you can see that he needs a little bit of work on. He is just 21 years old, as we all know. But man, oh man, does this kid thrive in big moments. And he said as much in his post-game presser and backed it up on the ice with 20 saves in the third period and two in overtime. And quite frankly, he just came up big when they needed him to. And with that being said, I think maybe what the biggest bright spot from this game was against the Rangers is that all year, Taylor, with the three goalies, we've had these conversations about how they have an inability to make difficult saves. You know, whether it's one that's like a deflection or one that's a one-timer or a goal in tight the goalies haven't been able to make those kind of saves where if it goes in it's not necessarily their fault but you would still love for them to have those kind of saves and taylor i think levi had about three of those throughout the game where they absolutely should have been could have been goals and he came up huge for the sabers here obviously it's one game we all are very much in the midst of this excitement right now and you don't want to get too caught up in it but it's hard to not watch that kind of a performance against one of the NHL's best and not feel extremely excited. So what were your thoughts on Levi's debut, Taylor? Oh, it was awesome. (laughs) It was really cool. There's a lot of anticipation, obviously. I think people started getting excited about Levi, like hmm, December, 2021, January, 2022, when it was clear that he was really dominant at Northeastern and the shutouts kept piling up. So it's been a long time, you know, people wanted him to come out last year. He didn't He had another awesome year this year. He signs the whole, Getting his uh, all his papers in order process took forever. <laughs> he, he, but he, it's been cool to learn more about him. Like he seems like kind of an insane guy, which is good for goalies. Goalies, he's are got weird, that so. dog in him for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, watching was it was awesome. Like he has his weird routine where he like kneels during TV timeouts and meditating. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Kind of meditates. Uh, yeah, he was noticeably better than anyone they've iced all year, except for the rare Craig and occasional Craig Anderson game where he's good. Uh, he he just was is a really good game against a a better team, and they they won because of their goaltending. Even though the offense didn't really have all that good of a game, that's something you can't say about pretty much any game this year. Right, <laughs> it's, right. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But so yeah, it's just, it was an awesome experience to be able to watch him, and hopefully we could I don't know maybe three or four or more of these this year. 
I would hope so. I mean, we have seven games to go. Obviously, that last week of the season's brutal where you have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like, if you're still in it, you probably want him to get three of those four games, at least. I mean, you're probably going to want to give Anderson the the home finale. But back to Levi, one of the things, though, that I think is really cool, and you alluded to it there, is – getting to see him around the locker room more and just getting to learn more about him. Yeah. You do kind of need a little bit of like a psycho streak in your goalie here. And he kind of has that a little bit, like the initial thing about with his papers where he wanted to, you know, unleash the beast. He can't keep the beast tame for too long. And obviously Jeff Skinner had that great quote at the end of the Rangers game where he's like laughing and saying that. And, you know, you have that, like you said, with like the meditating. I, I love that. Obviously, as a Star Wars fan, I especially love that. Shout out Qui-Gon Jinn. But just the fact that somebody who is 21 years old has the the wherewithal to be able to know like, okay, you know what? I'm playing these games at an extremely high level right now. I'm in these high pressure situations. And rather than going along with what most, if not all NHL goalies do with going to your bench between the TV timeouts, like I want to take this time and get myself recentered, refocused here, cool down, be in the moment and embrace the moment. And I think that that's just like, obviously it's cool that he's like meditating and everything, but just having that mindset towards it is extremely impressive for somebody his age. And it just leads me to believe that, he's this this kid's got that it factor you know like that thing that you can't really describe in a player but you know it's just is something special about them we've seen that with Tage at times we've seen it with Darlene and Levi has that and I think again you know we have to see how the rest of the season goes I don't think that we should be you know be after one game and I don't think anybody necessarily is but after one game we should all be like okay he's going to be up next year like he's going to be the 1B or maybe they you know do whatever and have him on the roster like I still at this point barring him going on a ridiculous run here think that Rochester should be the plan next year and I think it will be the plan next year just given what this organization has shown in terms of how they want to handle their young pieces and prospects but again like I don't I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive to uh, not get too swept up in the hype, but also embracing the hype at the same time and just enjoying the fact that we have this really, really cool piece to the puzzle now in the system. Yeah, it's it's cool. He's here. He's maybe by the end of next year, he's like a a guy or the guy like he seems like he's going to be fast tracked more so than most goalies who take forever. If you look at like, I guess, Hellebuck is a example he was i believe one full year in the ahl and then by the end of the second year was the more or less the nhl backup in a similar situation he was supplanting a goalie that sucked yeah (laughs) good chance levi will be doing too if he comes up within the next two years but it's just in general seeing seeing like a guy like that like first of all a goaltender great they need one but like to see a trade work out so well like the reinhardt trade which they didn't want to have to make but to get the, the mid-round pick that they got, or late-round pick it was, it, to have that turn into Yuri Coolidge and Devin Levi, it's, it's incredible. It just feels like something that previous Sabres GMs did not do. Absolutely. Kudos to Adams and the scouting staff for being able to identify that kind of a guy. I mean, again, like they made that trade before Levi kind of grew into what he is now. I mean, he was coming off of an injury at the time, too. 
limited, you know, chances to really see him shine. And then they make the trade. And again, like you had said before, he just has a ridiculous season at Northeastern. Obviously he gets the opportunities at the world juniors. He gets the opportunity with the Olympics. And, and then he of course followed it up with another stellar season at Northeastern this year. And so again, it's just, I'm hyped. Like I'm just really, really excited. It feels really good to know that even though they may not have the answer at goalie right now. And again, like we don't know goalies are weird. Like I think obviously it's great that things are trending in this direction, but it's not reasonable for anybody to say, yes, this guy is going to be a, a surefire perennial all-star or anything like that. But for the first time in a long time, it feels like there is a real tangible solution on the way at and net and in the form of a guy who seemingly you're going to, you know, ha- have some longevity with. I mean, he's a young, young dude right now and has his entire career ahead of him. And for him to come out again against one of the better offensive teams in the league and be able to just shut that down. And especially in the third period when the stakes were as high as can be, I mean, it was extremely impressive. And again, I think it's also important. We didn't even allude to this. Kudos to the Sabres, man. They, the rest of the team up in front of him played excellent in that first period, limiting the Rangers to just two shots on goal. They were dominating. And to shift away from Levi a little bit, I mean, obviously, you know, they have their defensive deficiencies, but man, the kid line was absolutely dominating when they had possession in the offensive zone. They were showing a lot of, just that natural chemistry that we see with Tage, Tuck, and Skinner. Like, I was getting a lot of those vibes being in the building that night and just seeing those three, just being able to find each other, being able to find each other with a guy on them, with pressure on them, finding tight passing lanes, being able to, you know, take a hit and make a play to continue to have possession in the offensive zone. Like, it was it was remarkable seeing them move like that and being able to just have that kind of flow to their game and natural chemistry there. I also will say too, I mean, obviously we know how important Tage is, but middle or uh, middle stat centered Skinner and Tuck in this game, obviously we could talk about this a little bit because I really do think that Krebs should be getting those opportunities. I, I think I had tweeted as much from the account over the weekend, but Tuck and Skinner, obviously having Tage on the team and him being kind of the, the superstar really on that line it makes them an unbelievable complete piece, but even playing with Milstad, like obviously Milstad has been holding his own as of late. And this isn't even like a criticism of him or meaning to like exclude him or anything like that. Same for the Krebs point, but there is just an otherworldly chemistry between the styles of Skinner and tuck that again, like you're, you're able to pull out two big wins in these two pivotal games without your best forward and those two guys both completely stepped up this weekend. Skinner and Tuck, you're not you're missing Tage there, but they played great. They continued to have that chemistry, and it was really, really important, I think, for the top six to kind of show out like this. Like you said, in the Rangers game, it wasn't necessarily like they were, you know, blowing the roof off like how they did against Philly in terms of their scoring, but there were a lot of points throughout that game where it was just like consistent possession in the Rangers zone. And it was really exciting to see the team play like that. Nice to see Paterka get rewarded with a goal. And I feel like we say this every couple of weeks and I think we have to keep saying it too. Jack Quinn is going to be a star, man. Like that dude is going to be a perennial 35, 40 goal scorer in this league. Like he is he's just amazing in the offensive zone. Like, and you are seeing more and more, not only 
his confidence with the puck on his stick, but I think he's starting to play with a little bit of like an edge and a chip on his shoulder a little, like seeing him in between the whistles and seeing him just engaged in that sense, seeing him in a physical sense, get a little bit more engaged than he was earlier in the year. And then again, like the confidence with the puck on his stick has just been, he's just blossoming with it right now. And it just continues to be so funny, like thinking back to how wrong everybody was about that pick. Obviously, you know, he's got a lot more road ahead of him and there's room to grow and everything, but he is turning into such a special player. And I'm just so excited about the future of this team. So if you have any other thoughts, do you have any other thoughts on the Rangers game before we move on to the Flyers game? Uh, I'll forgive Devin Levi for, well, not forgive, but he was being very generous at being a, a good kind-hearted young man as he is to allow Crapo Cucko to score his career high 15th goal. So congrats to second overall wow. pick in his fourth season, Crapo Cucko. But anyway, uh, finally broke through against the Flyers. That's We nice. did it. We did it. I think it was because we watched the game at Thin Man. I'm not going to lie. I think they may have had something to do with it, which again, folks, go watch the Sabres at Thin Man here down the stretch. It's a great environment to be in. Absolutely. It was really cool that it was like the, the competing interests of, you know, the Sabres are on, but then the other TVs was the final four games. Mm-hmm. So you had like cheering for the Sabres goals and then uh, the, the buzzer beater, which we'll get to later uh, in the uh, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic game. So it was, it is packed. It was a good Saturday night crowd. It was, a, it was a good time. But yeah, so, okay. So that game was really interesting because the Sabres did not have a good first period, like at all. Um, and they kind of got bailed out by UPL of all people. Uh, they, yep. the, they were down one, nothing. And then, Finally, after kind of a good while now of the offense not showing up, they really turned things on in the second period and scored four quick goals, which I was kind of uh, expecting because Carter Hart was not in. Like it's it was definitely time at that point to take advantage of of bad goaltending on the other team, which teams have done to the Sabres all year. So it was cool to see them turn that on. And and in general, you know, uh, uh, eventually a Tuck hat trick, folks, Alex Tuck. What a season he's had. It's been overshadowed by Tage and Dowling and everything else that's going on. But man, did you see yesterday there were five hat tricks and five shutouts? What? There was five hat tricks? Five hat tricks oh, and five shutouts last night. Tries a lot of hat trick. Who I'm gonna look right now. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, well, so Pasternak had one. Pasternak, yep. Leon me... had one. Uh let's see. Uh maybe the Sharks they scored seven goals. Did they get the other one? It... Uh, yes. And... N. Yeah. Gregor. Who are you? Noah Gregor. Oh, boy. Yeah. That sounds we, like a, a guy like Carter for Hagee a random Carter for Hagee. Okay. Noah Gregor sounds like a guy that like an album drops uh, in like spring. And I like I've never heard of the guy, but everyone's like, check out this new Noah Gregor. I'm so excited. And I'm like, <laughs> well, who the hell is Noah Gregor? How does everyone know about him except me? All right, we got to see if he has like a side music career or something like that. Yeah, our Name former guest TJ much. Luckman is like, can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Noah Gregor twice tonight, and I want to be like TJ. Who the hell is Noah Gregor? But then everyone knows him, and I was like, am I old? But everyone my age knows Noah Gregor, famous. Uh, he's a sad folk singer. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess I see why people like that. I think but you yeah. should keep spiraling right now. This is really good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> congrats to Noah Gregor on his first career hat trick. Seems like he only has eight goals this year, so. Sure, that was a big night for him. Uh, but yeah, that's wild. Five shutouts. Holy shit. It's like opening day in baseball. Seriously. I think it I, I gotta find what the exact number was, but I'm pretty sure that this was the yeah. 
according to Optus stats, it was the first time where there were five hat tricks on a single day in the NHL since March 18th, 1989. People scored a lot more. 1989 is back. Scoring really is back. Yeah. Looking at the top of the leaderboard. I don't want to get too distracted from this. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, back this to this game. We'll get back to that later. But yeah, Noah Gregor only has 24 career goals and three of them, one eighth of them were last night. Good for you, Noah Gregor. Good for him. Uh, so the game last night, I think it's less interesting to talk about. It's just like the Sabres did not uh, allow themselves to lose to a bad team, which has happened too much lately. Yep. They took control in the second period. They still allowed the Flyers to take way too many shots. And part of that is a bad first period, part of its score effects, but still like they are allowing shots at an alarming rate. <laughs> it has not, it's been kind of concerning, but I guess they didn't allow too many quality shots uh, or else UPL also had a good game. Like no way around it. He made 40 saves. I want to say 41 saves maybe. Yep. So it was a great a good, game. Uh, two, two good goaltending efforts. Yeah. It was a very encouraging game. And it really goes back to the thing that Sabres have been doing since basically, basically since the season started the like, ah, oh, we are so screwed. Uh, oh yeah, we're back. We're back. Just that, <laughs> that meme. Just, just over and over. Like, oh no, we're screwed. Literally. They're too streaky. And so I actually want to ask about this with UPL. Do you think to a degree him being in the arena on Friday night, hearing everybody chanting UPL or uh, Levi's name over and over again, pretty much anytime Levi touched the puck, the entire arena would go ballistic. Like, I wonder what kind of effect that has on him. I mean, obviously, like we said, like he, he played better yesterday, which was good to see as he ended up picking up the win for them. But I, you got to wonder what that's got to do to a guy like that psyche. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I mean, it, it was a good game he had. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it didn't bother him too much or maybe it had a good effect. Maybe on it him. lit the fire under him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's just sitting there in the press box. Like, and that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. Yeah, before this game, he was getting awfully close to Eric Comrie and save percentage. Like they were gonna meet each other. And I was uh I was not thrilled about that. It's something I would have pointed out if they had for met in save percentage, but good game yesterday, so he increased his a little bit. Well, and now Taylor, the biggest game of the season is coming on Tuesday. As I had said before, the Sabres have two games in hand on the Florida Panthers and sit four points back of them for that final wildcard playoff spot. And they are facing off against the Panthers on Tuesday night. Huge game. Does Levi get the start? I would. I would definitely do that. I mean, it's cool. It's a team that drafted him, which is nice. But yeah, I I think at this point, yeah, you give him the start. He he kind of, I want to say he earned it with one game, but he earned it. He had an awesome game against uh, the Rangers and everyone else has kind of done the opposite of earning it. I don't think he's going to get the start though. If I had to guess, I think Anderson's going to get it, but we will see, I suppose. Uh, carrying four goalies. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> interesting little wrinkle on this season. The beauty of post deadline roster activity. Yeah. So with Levi, I, I think you, you do start him there. It's a big game, but he seems like it, he can handle it. He just seems like he has that mentality. And if you don't, you Anderson, whatever that that's honestly fine with me too. He's had enough of a rest, but I think in the games that Levi doesn't start, he should be the one on the bench. Uh, basically at all times. If, if you're going to have, I don't know. Anderson starts, whoever, Comrie starts, whoever, I th- UPL, Levi should always be the one on the bench and you have the other two guys in the press box. I just, I feel like it's, it's valuable experience and whether he goes to the AHL next year or not, or whatever happens with that, whatever you do in the off season, it's going to be, 
Levi is going to be involved in the future plans in some way. So I'd rather just get him those reps and, uh, and he's young. It's not like he's going to get tired. So if you have to pull someone, you can put Levi in and Florida, weirdly, we talked about teams not wanting to make the playoffs. Florida hasn't been bad lately, which is kind of the pattern. You have one team up and one team down or two teams up, two teams down in that race, like kind of keep things interesting. The Penguins have been down to say the least recently. Yeah. And Florida has been six and four in the last 10, which is kind of their season long pace. So they haven't been terrible. With Alex Lyon in goal, no less, too. Yeah, they he's have major goaltending problems. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten three straight wins for them. But again, are we really going to rely on him to be the guy for them, depending on, obviously, Bobrovsky's health? And, of course, with Spencer Knight being out for the past few months, like, that's not a bet I'd want to make, which, again, all the more important, hopefully Tage will be able to play in this one on Tuesday, too. They've been saying he's getting closer and closer here, but... No, I'm with you. I, I I think that's a great point with like continuing to have Levi as the backup there. I it also obviously for the sake of experience, but I think on top of that, just the fact that like if I want one of the goalies coming in cold to play of everybody, it would be him. Like instead of Comrie or Anderson in those situations. And again, just getting that experience as well, I think obviously will serve to benefit him. But yeah, I I'm also with you in the fact that I don't think they will, but I think that they should start him on Tuesday. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Have, they I mean, really. Yeah, they uh there's really I mean I don't I don't really know it at this point in the rotation, but what why you would start Comrie any games. To, I, I know you're like you want to see what you have in him because he's under contract next year, but I think they know what they have in him, so yeah. I would go with Levi. Uh anyway, do we uh want to hear a word from our sponsors real quick? I'd love nothing more. All right, folks. First sponsor is DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. In fact, guess what, folks? The national championship is coming up tomorrow. The men's national championship. The women's is today. So by the time you hear this, Caitlin Clark will be a national champion. Gods be good. Uh, And uh, men's national championship. Interesting matchup. UConn, San Diego State. Can't say I saw that coming before the tournament. But. The action is still going on at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Not a bad time to do that. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook every day to see what they have in store. So, folks, I'm on a hot streak on this podcast and bets that I'm not making. We told you yep. the exact three-way parlay to do this week said betting the line on Iowa and they won straight up. Damn right. Betting. Yeah. Betting the money line. So I bet the spread in Iowa one Bet the money line, San Diego state <laughs> touch and go for a while, but they won and then betting the UConn covering the spread and winning, which they did easily. So I wish I actually made that bet instead of just telling all of you to make it. But if anyone actually made that bet on my recommendation, uh, congrats. So this is the part where I'm supposed to say congrats for getting to listen to this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) this is, this is, I'm, I'm making millionaires over here. I'm like Chris Collins. Wow. So (laughs) here's the next one. I think UConn's going to roll on Monday when you're listening to this. I think, uh, it's going to be like 2021, basically. So for those that don't remember, 2021 Final Four, you'd UCLA-Gonzaga, 
and the game was close all the way through. And it's like the best college basketball game I've ever watched. Like I, I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. And you had this crazy final buzzer beater by Jalen Suggs in overtime to win. And then the other game was Baylor-Houston. And it wasn't interesting at all. Like Baylor just kind of beat him solidly. And Gonzaga, when they hit that buzzer beater, when Jalen Suggs hit that, it was to stay perfect. They they had not lost a game all year. They were like 36-0 or something like that. So the just the vibes going in, it was like, oh yeah, Gonzaga, but that's not how it went. <laughs> the story did not end well for them. They got pounded by Baylor. And I kind of think that's gonna happen again. It's gonna be like that. Like, oh my god, San Diego State, they had this great game, like awesome match, a big comeback. They were down 14 or 16 at one point, crazy buzzer beater. I think they're gonna get their asses kicked by by UConn because UConn it just destroyed everyone this whole tournament. It's I've never seen anything like this. It's it's just beat down after beat down for them. Oh, and yeah. it 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 they've been pointed out that their underlings are better than their ranking. Like they I believe they were number one in RPI or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, the Bonaventure beat their coach like four or five years ago. True story. When he was at Rhode Island, Danny Hurley. No way. Yeah. So what you're was, saying is Bona should be the national champions this year? Well, de facto national champions. Or like what what is it called? The um Ah, man, I'm forgetting what this thing is called, but it's like, oh, we beat this team that beat this team that beat this team that won the national championship. <sighs> Does that apply when it, you don't even make the tournament, though? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, like, someone – you can – you can especially when St. Peter's makes it super far, you can I'm do something really fun where, that. like, the worst team in the country has beaten Kentucky, more or less. I'm forgetting what that effect is called, but I will remember it as soon as the podcast is over. I guarantee it. Anyway, <laughs> always the way it goes. Anyway, yeah. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. And as we already have mentioned today, our, our other sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. Folks, a great way to watch the Sabres, of course, the, the last few games in their stretch run. But also, you know, a great place to get a chicken bacon ranch sandwich. I can personally attest because I had one yesterday. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, but they have some interesting stuff coming up. If you're listening right away on Monday and you're not doing anything uh, for the national championship uh, or you're not interested, you don't like UConn, you, you have a huge problem with San Diego State. So what are you going to do? Instead, you can go to industry night karaoke with Tonebone. Tonebone's a DJ that uh, is a thin man every once in a while. Tonebone. We saw him for yeah, Nickelback karaoke night recently. So tonight, tonight, 8 p.m., April 3rd, that is the Tonebone industry karaoke night. That could be fun. And then besides that, you know, the, the regular stuff. Stop in to get your four packs, six packs, whatever, whatever, your 12 pack. of You can even find them at the store as well. But if you want to stop in, have a beer at Thin Man on Elmwood or on Chandler Street. And if you're looking to host an event, like we said in the past, the best place to host an event in western new york either thin man elmwood if it's smaller if it's a little bit bigger thin man chandler damn right damn and right. Uh, when is brendan playing there i am gonna be playing there april 15th so we're we're getting close couple more weeks that's right the tax day thin show chandler. yep the tax the special tax brendan day is show. gonna be and and everyone with little animal is gonna be dressed up in um a white shirt uh and yep. like uh like a black tie kind of a very boring suit except for mike Incidentally, is going to be wearing uh, the exact thing Jamie Lee Curtis wore and everything everywhere all at once. Yes, with the to make hot that dog fingers too. With, with the, the hot, hot dog fingers, fingers too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And those also, are going to be real. 
Yeah, we're also going to have the IRS there, and they are going to arrest anybody on site who has ever messed up their taxes before, and, and to any degree. So, And they will be armed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, of course. Come on. What are we talking about here? But, yeah, that's the 15th. And then, of course, April 24th, Monday night, trivia part three, Straight Up Sabres, Thin Man Brewery, Buffalo Sports Trivia. So mark your calendars, folks. It has been an awesome time. These last couple, especially the last one, was great. Had a packed house up there. So come join us. Enjoy the fun. It's going to be a really good time. Mark your calendars for both of those dates. For sure. All right. Thin Man Brewery. Check it out. Ooh. And also, they're still the official um, brewery of Tage Thompson is American Lemieux. Yes, that is correct. So, Brendan, would you like to close out today on a quiz? Oh, it's been a while. Let's do it. Well, we're coming to the end of the season. And if you're leading your team in scoring... You're probably going to do that. Uh, you're probably just going to finish the season as your team's leading scorer. All so, right. Brendan, do you know who's leading every team in scoring? Right now. Let's. All right. Let's find out. All right. Let's start with the Boston Bruins. David Pasternak. That's right. By a by a mile. David Good. Pasternak has 102 points. Uh, hold on. I got to look again. It's, uh, it's Second is 40 points behind him. It is Marchand has 63 Mm, okay. That's crazy. Those guys playing a line together. How does he have so many more points than Marshawn and uh, Wasn't Bergeron? he out for a little bit? Uh, he only missed uh nine games. Oh wow! Like Bergeron's only missed two games. He has fifty-seven points. Whatever, still good. Good for them. Uh, nothing bad ever happens. The team that's teams that break the regular season win record, and uh, I think a lot of teams can attest to that. Yep, absolutely. All right, who we got next? Toronto. Mitch Marner. Yes. Yep. 95 points. There we go. Good for you, Mitch. Tampa Bay. Mm, Kucherov. That's right, with 106 points. There we go. Who's second on Tampa? Do you have that handy or no? Point. Thought so. He has 89. Got it. What about the Panthers? Oh, boy. This one's a little tough because Barkov has missed some time. Mm, I give you a hint. This one's not tough. Oh, is it Barkov? No. Oh. Uh. Oh, Matthew Kachuk. What am I saying? Yeah. Uh, 102 points. Obviously. All right, Buffalo. That would be our Lord and Savior, Tage Thompson. Yes, the most points anyone's had as a Saber since Danny Briere in oh, 2007. We love Danny. Not his son, but him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I said before, I'm more of a Carson Breer guy. <laughs> I think he's got a hell of a future ahead of him. Yeah. Right, what about Ottawa? Ottawa. Stutzel? Is Stutzel with 84. There we go. And Detroit. Detroit. Larkin? That's right, 73. All right. Montreal. Montreal. How about? Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, there's a couple guys this could maybe be, but is it Suzuki? It is 61. Okay. In fact, second place is Kirby Doc with 38. That's what I was going to say. Doc was, but has just been injured. And I know Suzuki has had kind of like an up and down year, but wow, that's horrible that Doc has been out for that long and is still in second. With only 38. Yeah, people. outrageous. All right, the vile Carolina Hurricanes. Ugh. Uh, Sebastian Ajo? 
No, this Sveshnikov. is a Sveshnikov. No, interesting one. Sveshnikov's fourth. Aho second. It's ne- Nekas. Oh, Martin. Martin oh, good. You just mean the guy who everybody wanted uh, the Sabres to take over Casey Middlestat? Yes, he has 68 Great. points. That guy. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. Thank you, Jason. New Jersey. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes has 89 points. Good for him. Yeah, 17 more than Nico Heischer. Big year. The New York Rangers. Oh, boy. Um... Go with Zabenajad. Close. He's only two behind Panarin. Oh, Panarin. Damn, dude. I blank. My bad. The Islanders. Um. So this is tough because I know he's been. I, I would have thought Bo Horvat originally, but I don't think so because he's been having a rough go of it lately. And if he is still leading them. Am I missing something? Oh, okay. So here's the thing. The way it's listed here, it's listed with his Islanders points, not his season-long points. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know why that is, though, because the other fellow for the Rangers, Pat Kane, is listed with his season-long point total. That's really weird. All right. Barzell? Oh, he's second. Actually, Brock Nelson has 69 points. Wow, nice. More than I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby. He sure does. Yeah, he's 86 points. Good for him. Uh, next, Washington. Ovechkin. Yes, 72 points. Second is Dylan Strom. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Strom just got an extension, didn't he? He sure did, yeah. Good for him. People are saying he's the most successful member of the 2015 draft. I've heard that. Uh, the Flyers. Flyers, um, Morgan Frost. No, he does. He has 41 points, so he's top five. It's oh. Konechny. Oh, Jesus. It was 55 I, points. Yeah, that makes sense. Frost has just been like the, I think they're one C for most of the year, which is why I was thinking him. But <laughs> that is I, not bode well for them. Big Doesn't oversight it. on Konechny there. Might be. Go ahead. What yeah. do we got next? Columbus. The, the BJs. <laughs> Goudreau. That's right. Johnny Hockey has 69 points to lead the Blue Jackets. Quite a step down from last year, though, if I'm being honest. Well, Columbus, you know. Yeah. Good Lord. All right, folks, let's move on to the Western Conference. The leaders in the Central Division, Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov? That's right. Even though he's missed some time, he has 74 points. Good for him. Damn. Colorado. Well, they've had a lot of injuries. McKinnon. Yes, even though he's missed time, he has 97 points. He's 97 points in 64 games. Insane. An underrated season from from our good pal Nathan McKinnon. All right. What about Dallas? Jason Robertson. Yeah, 97 points from him as well. But an underrated season from Jamie Benn. Good bounce back. He has 72 points. Yeah. Jeez. Winnipeg. This one's interesting because I feel like it's got to be between Kyle Connor, Shifley, and PLD. Uh, let's go Kyle Connor. You were correct, uh, but you forgot about Josh Morrissey, who's actually second. Oh, yeah, Morrissey, of course, yeah. He'll probably be a top three uh, 
Norris guy, however, he has not been great lately. Production wise, at least he has. He probably shouldn't be a top three Norris guy. It should probably be some Darlene Carlson and Makar Fox, right? Who knows? They like to switch things up. He's got three points in his last 10 games. Yikes, buddy. Not stepping up at the right time. All right, what about the Predators? Mm. Predators round two, you said? Yep. Uh, Forsberg's been hurt, so I would otherwise normally say him. Um, Yossi? That's correct. 59 points in 67 games. The St. Louis Blues. St. Louis, let's go Robert Thomas. No, Cairo. Oh, okay. They got to be close though, right? Yeah, Thomas is 63, Cairo is 69, Buchnevich has 66. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but good for him. Arizona, the Coyotes. Clayton Keller. That's correct. 82 points. He's having a hell of Clayton a year, Keller. man. Good Lord. Yeah. All He's right. Come into his own between last year and this year. And then we have Chicago. Oh, Jesus. Uh, at this point, who the hell could even be? Uh, Seth Jones? He's fourth. It's actually okay, Max wait. Domi. Oh, sorry. No, he's not with them anymore. But he's he leads them in points for the season. Oh, well, that's not fair. Wait, who oh, okay. Is- do you want to do you want to guess who leads them that's still there? Yeah. Uh Wow, what's his name? Um All right, all right go ahead actually. Who? I'll give you a hint. He has the same name as someone on this podcast. Taylor Fadoon? No. Um Is it I, I don't know who is it? Taylor Radish. Taylor Radish, wow. 37 wow. points. <laughs> so, that yeah, that's 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 a uh, I I don't know what's going to happen if they don't uh if they don't get Bedard. I mean, I guess they'll just get one of the other guys, but yeesh. They have a a long way yeah, to go. They don't. Yeah. All right, what about the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh I don't want it to be Jack, but They've had Shife or uh, Stone's been injured. Stevenson doesn't get enough points. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be Theodore on the back end. Let's go, Jack. It is, yeah, sixty-two points. The same number is his old pal Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, Reinhardt's about to. Uh, he bounced back. He was slumping a little bit now, but he's going to get back to being a 30-30-60 guy. Well, he's like one shy of thirty. I think he has twenty-eight or twenty-nine goals. Yeah, here's an easy one. Edmonton. Whoever could it be? Uh, Matthias Ackholm? No. Yeah. Connor McDavid. 146 points. Also, Leon Dreisaitl can go to hell, man. That dude has had a ridiculous week this week in its semifinals for fantasy hockey. I inexplicably got back in it yesterday after like an 85-point day. But of course... Yeah, but of course, it came at the expense of having Dreisaitl literally have a hat trick. It was, wait, yeah, so let me see here, just to give a background, because this is actually was pretty nuts. I was down by 50 
going into yesterday and I ended up having winning yesterday's matchup 84 to 34. And so now today it's tied or well, it's 189 to 188 right now. I'm down and like totally back in it. So crazy stuff on the line here. Wow. Go to hell. All right. What about the Kings? The Kings, um, Kevin Fiala. That's right, with 72 points. Seattle. There's got to be random. I don't think it's Bernier's Seattle. Because I'm even trying to think of who else it could possibly. Oh, well, it isn't. I mean, they have Jeremy McCann. He's having a pretty good year. Vince Dunn is like blown up for them really this year. Has played really well. I don't think it's Beniers. I think it's one of those two. I think it's either McCann or Dunn. Let's get weird. Let's go Vince Dunn. That's correct. Hell yeah. Let's 61 go. 61 points. McCann has 60. Let's so go. It's close. That one actually is one of the ones that could change hands. Well, I think most of these are pretty wrapped up. Cool. Uh, Calgary. Uh, Kadri? Nope. No, 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 no. Elias Lindholm. Nope. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's it's the dreaded Tyler Toffoli. What? He has 69 points. Who's behind? Lindholm is 63. Kadri is 52. And so does Backlund. Huberto only has 51 ah, points. Huberto had 115 points last year. He's not going to hit half that this year. He fell off a cliff, man. Clearly Sutter's, uh, his style is not suited for Huberto. That was a horrible, horrible move by Calgary. Yeah, great move by Florida. They still might not make the playoffs. Yeah, crazy. Canucks. Pedersen? Pedersen, yes. I did want to point out, though, Quinn Hughes has 66 assists this year. Good for him, man. Yeah, that's wild. All right, San, San Jose. Eric Carlson, of course. Yeah, yeah, by 31 points. Couture is second at 64. Good Lord. Yeah, he has 95. Um, And then the last team in the NHL, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, all right. You have Zegris as an option there. I would have said somebody weird like Adam Henrique, but I think he's been, he's definitely been hurt for a bit. Also, yeah, not even close. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he's been out for a while. Um, I mean, Troy Terry is all right for the, I don't know. Let's just go Zegris. I'm not going to galaxy. Correct. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. He is 59. Troy Terry is right behind him. I'm looking here though. A guy who's not in first, but I did not realize was still with the ducks. Silverberg. Yeah. How's he doing? Uh he has 26 points in 75 games. But that I'm looking at bad. this now. He has 733 games played and he's only 32. Wow. He has a thousand games. Can you imagine that? Jacob Silverberg playing a thousand games. That's that is wild. Yeah. God, he anyway, must have fallen off a cliff this year. How many did I miss? Uh I think you only missed like Three I wasn't keeping track. Yeah, you missed a handful. Uh but yeah, it's it's pretty it's wild. It's also telling uh, how much scoring is going up. In the yeah, past, like five years, like multiple hundred point guys. We have five right now: Robertson, Nugent Hopkins, McKinnon of ninety seven, Patterson is ninety six, Carlson Marner of ninety five. They could all hit it. Rantanen, if he has a good week, uh, good two weeks, he's at ninety two. He could hit it, and we'd have a dozen hundred point guys. That's It'd be the first yeah. time in a while. Yeah, we should do a full counting of it. Oh yeah. Full counting of it, maybe when things actually are done on the dust settles, but it's crazy. Yeah, Crosby is 86 points. Crosby is going to be over a point a game player as a 35 year old. Stutzel, 
Stutzel and Keller are right next to each other here. Like these are just like seasons that you would have would have been a huge deal a few years ago. Stutzel is eighty four points. Uh, Keller is eighty two. Zabanajad is eighty two. Like insane. Malkin huge bounce back. Malkin's going to be over a point a game player seemingly. Uh, Tavares big bounce back. Miko Rantanen has forty nine goals. Right, Nugent Hopkins is going to have over a hundred points. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. We could. We probably will have five fifty goal scores because Braden Point might have fifty goals. Fifty goals used to be a huge deal for you know most of our lives. Now there's just a handful did. of guys who did it. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember there was a couple of years where like Ovechkin had fifty goals, and then the next best guy had like forty one. Yeah, no, actually something close to touching it, right? Yeah, in um oh three oh four is the lowest scoring season of the modern NHL history post expansion. Uh, not one of the reasons there was a lockout, honestly. Yeah, kind of. It was one of the things they're working through is scoring. But that season, there was a through a tie for the Rocket Richard at forty one goals. It's like Nash, Aginla, and Kovalchuk, maybe. Mm-hmm. Wild. And like we've mentioned multiple times, 2015 Art Ross winner Jamie Benn had 87 points. Look at us now, man. Yeah. The Sabres are going to double guys. that. <laughs> yeah, He really might, honestly. Honestly, next year he could double it. Mm-hmm. He Can he? Need, this year? Uh, He's got to be pretty close. With 87 like times two is uh 174. Oh, yeah. Never mind. So he's at what, like 161 or two right now? 160? He's at 146. What? McDavid, yeah, 146 points. Why did I think he was up to like 160? What the hell? Oh, my he bad. He might be. Five games left, 14 yeah. points. He could do it. He could get there. <laughs> yeah, you have 62 goals. That's honestly, that might be the most interesting t- thing to look at. I would call it the, um, I don't know how to put it. It's whenever the dead puck era started, like 95, 96 era, like right around there. Uh, we have not seen someone score more than 65 goals. That was of Ovechkin in uh, 07, 08. So, McDavid doing that, and I think also, if I'm not mistaken, doing his career high in assists uh, in the same season. <laughs> That'd certainly be something. Yes. Boy, he already has his career high in assists. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, last year he had 79. This year he's 84. That so. guy is just out of his mind. Yep. Yeah, and by the end of next season, he'll probably be at 1,000 points if he stays healthy. So, Just absurd. Just absurd. you have any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor, before we sign off? Mm, uh, do I have a recommendation? Dude. Yes, yes. It's not just a movie. I went to Thursday Night Terrors at the Amherst Ibsen. It's a thing they do, uh, one Thursday a month. So an older horror movie, a lot of fun. Went this Thursday. Phantasm. What a movie. Super weird. Low budget. Weird is the operative word here. It is a very strange movie, and in parts it's very scary. Uh, okay. but I liked it. Nice. I'll go the opposite end of the, the spectrum. I'm going to go with the TV show. I don't think I've ever talked about it here. And I don't even know if you watch this. Abbott Elementary just had its season finale, I'm pretty sure, like last week. Season two just wrapped up. Amazing show. Have you watched it at all, Taylor? Nope. Amazing sitcom. One of, I would say, like the best sitcoms on TV today. Basis of it, it's at a, a Philadelphia-based public elementary school. And it's Quinta Brunson is the one who's behind it. She stars in it. Um, But you have a really interesting, cool cast here. 
Uh, let me just pull up uh, the names here because I know I'm going to screw them up. As I said, Quinta Brunson starring. Tyler James Williams is the other main character in it, too. Uh, he famously, of course, was the title character in Everybody Hates Chris. Um, you have Cheryl Lee Ralph, who obviously has had an amazing career. Lisa Ann Walter. We all know and love her from The Parent Trap. Wow. Also stars in it. Amazing. She's fantastic in the show. Um it's it's just all around like it is a, a great cast very heartwarming it's like got really good storylines the humor in it is like top notch stuff i feel like a lot of modern shows they try to like very unsuccessfully like integrate different areas of like pop culture or things happening in the world into the show and it just does not work it just falls flat and with this show i feel like every time they do something like that it always perfectly lands and all around, it's just like a really good feel-good show. If you're looking for something new to, to to binge, it's on Hulu, 20 to 25 minute episodes. And it's also one of those shows too, where like the first handful of episodes, it finds its footing. And then like halfway through the first season, it is just so good. Season two was fantastic, really good storylines. And yeah, it does a good job of like tackling a, a wide range of different topics, especially, you know, relating to like life, obviously, but also just the like public school system as well. So really, really good show. Highly, highly recommend if you're looking for a nice little like restoring faith in humanity kind of show. You got a random player to share? Uh, Yes, I do. It is Alesh Kodalik. Ooh, Alesh Kodalik. All right. I'm going to go with Grant Fuhrer. That's good. Yeah, for for goalies, you know, the theme of the episode. But I think that'll just about do it for us, folks. So we will be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, detailing the big matchup against Florida. Hopefully we will have good things to talk about then. But in the meantime, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're using to listen to this episode. In addition to make sure making sure you're subscribed to and or following us, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us Straight Up Sabres. Last but not least, our sponsors. Make sure you are checking out DraftKings using that promo code THPN to take advantage of great deals. Remember, our bets are always right, and if they're ever wrong, blame Taylor. Last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're checking out both locations on Elmwood and Chandler Street. Check out all the new beers there. Check out the new redesign if you have not been into the Elmwood location yet and all of the great things that they have coming up. Make sure you're following them on social media as well. We'll be back again with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. (laughs) 